hungry, I'm looking for heaven's gates, and I know that I'll be welcomed in when I've run my race. Oh, I will lay my burden down. Oh, I will lay my burden down. Right, and for today's podcast, I've been doing a little research on just this one word, heaven. Do you know, it's surprising how often we use this word. Here's the first scenario. Teenage daughter struts downstairs to the living room with a smug smile on her face and proceeds to turn on the TV. <gasps> yes. Uh, settle down on the sofa while the rest of the family are just clearing away the meal. But what about that essay and the maths you couldn't make head or tail of? Oh, I've done those. Really? Good heavens! Well, more or less, heaven. That's the word, or it's singular, heaven. Why has a word which is more to do with spirituality than anything else get dropped in casually as an explanation? Oops. Exclamation even. Good heavens! We don't say good hell. So what do we take from that? That heavens are good? Here's another example. Martin comes back from his sports club and casually says to his mum, Oh, by the way, I've challenged Hamahari to a boxing match week on Saturday. Everyone will come to watch. Oh, no. Heaven forbid, Martin. Don't do it. He'll reduce you to pulp. No, he won't. Anyway, Tracy said she'd come and watch. In this incident, heaven seems to have been given a heavy weight of authority. Heaven forbid means the highest authority is against it. There's more. Perhaps you can add to the list. But here's a few more scenarios. Mum, I was just walking Dunster and he barked furiously and raced off round the corner. He doesn't usually do that. Well, you let him off the lead. But he loves it and always comes back until this evening. Well, heaven knows where he's gone. We better start thinking where he would go. Heaven knows. A place that's all-knowing. And the last example. <laughs> uh, there should be more. Man to his wife. Guess what? You know, we've looked at, what, about eight properties now? Yes, but perhaps we'll have to look in a different area. Well, here's the good news. There's one just come on the market. What? With three bedrooms? Yep. Garden for the children to play in. And more than that, only five minutes in the car to my job. It's just what we want. Can't wait to take you to see it. So it ticks all the boxes? Yes, and I'd move heaven and earth to be able to secure that property. Heaven and earth? Right. Let's stick on what qualities of heaven that have come down into these scenarios. Good heavens, unbelievingly amazing. Heaven forbid the ultimate authority. Heaven knows the ultimate fount of knowledge. I'd move heaven and earth, the two largest elements in physical life. <gasps> heaven, sometimes called the departure lounge or on the way to getting to heaven. Mm, don't get me wrong. Ah, oh, uh, don't switch off. Everyone has a temptation to end their life 
sometimes. But to avoid difficult subjects, especially when the number of deaths here in Britain is 41,000 plus, 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 and we hardly dare believe about the thousands and thousands, sadly, of people who, oh, uh, just recently with Ukraine and all the other countries, have lost their lives. If you have lost a loved member of your family or friend, you do not want to remind it of it. But, and it's a big but, is human death the end of everything? There's a bit of a question mark here. How do we know what happens next? Is it all fantasy? Can we rely on anyone's ideas? Then I come across struck by the phrase, the departure lounge. It struck me because it implied that this place is somewhere where people move on, goes to a different place, not a black place where a person is annihilated, destroyed or finished off. I'm almost amused by the different words or phrases that are used to mention death. Long ago, I remember that no one, no one at all, dared to mention the dready word cancer. But now anyone can say the word without eyebrows being raised. We are freed up to talk about cancer. So I looked up some of the phrases <laughs> to tell to relieve you of saying the word death, what we do instead. Pseudonyms. Some I've never heard of, but here's a few. I can understand bite the dust, maybe from a war zone context, and to breathe one's last is fairly obvious. Likewise, I can relate to didn't make it, and I've often heard the word kick the bucket. Where does that come from, I wonder? Let's see. Oh, no, this is worse than I thought. It's an expression when somebody is hanging themselves who then kicks away the bucket he's standing on. There are more polite and more usual phrases, like to pass away, which I hear a lot today. If you get into literature, as a bit of Shakespeare from Hamlet, you shuffle off this mortal coil. And what about... Doctor Who's Dalek with the exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> but that kind of makes us smile rather than shudder. To be in this departure lounge was a phrase used in Christian article because Christians and perhaps some other religions question the traditional view and say there is some sort of life beyond death. I must now acknowledge that a lot of what I say owes a lot to Dr. Pack, Patrick Sukdeo's article in the magazine of the Barnabas Fund, which is a Christian organisation, with their strapline, Hope and Aid for the Persecuted Church. And you would hardly believe how Christians are treated in many, many countries, especially at the moment in some of the northern countries in Africa. We heard the good news that Muslims in Sudan now don't automatically get the death sentence for changing their religion to Christianity from Islam. We're also told that due to Christian generosity of organisations like the Barnabas Fund and Open Doors and others, there's significant help when the natural disasters like the plague of locusts and the Covid crisis came on top of anti-Christian harassment and persecution in Nigeria. And there's many more cases. Death comes suddenly by anything other than natural causes in so many parts of the world. But in Britain, we may be able to prepare for it. 
But then are we prepared to recognize that death is inevitable? I saw a, bro- a program where one brave man attempted to bring science to his rescue, so that his limbs worked by the wonders of electronic techniques. And we know the possibility of thought becoming speech without bodily movement required. Amazing. But who has ever brought human life back after all the components of the human body and mind have died? Patrick Sigdeo suggests that instead of shrinking from the thought of death, we should follow the example of Christians who lived in times far more uncertain than in this present era. These Christians thought often about death and kept themselves in a state of readiness for it. Actually, that to me does sound a bit morbid. But if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the Bible as your textbook for your encouragement. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. That's a quote from the Gospel of John. What does he mean, will never die? Obviously, his body will disintegrate, but is that body all that a person is? Now, there's an interesting question. My husband died, and I, by that I believe he went from the departure lounge to what Christians called heaven, when we're in about our second or third day in a holiday course on castles and gardens in Shropshire. I knew he wasn't very well, but then that was often the case. We were in separate beds in the same room, and I even remember the last meal we had, because he had second helpings of apple crumble and custard. He'd been a bit restless at night, so I said, let's pray. And I prayed aloud for a good night's sleep for both of us. And he said a resounding, Amen. Well, I had the best night I'd had for some time, and in the morning, looking across at my husband, he was in a relaxed position with one arm arched over his head. So I went over, but before many minutes, I realised that he was not in his body anymore. It's odd. I kind of chuckled and said to him, David, you'll have to wait a bit. I'll sort things out in a few minutes. I haven't got my lenses in yet. (laughs) One thing he'd said some months or years back was that he wanted a tea party round his bed when he died. Well, it so happened that the lady manager of the place brought up a large tray of tea and toast, as by that time the room was full with the paramedics, the ambulance people, the doctor, the officials of the place. And just at that time, I held up my hand and prayed. In fact, I... We almost forgot there was a dead body in the bed over there. I knew no doubts about it that he had been in the departure lounge and now he was in the best place. Not, I suppose, in the world, but out of the world. Don't think I'm abnormal. There were times to come when I prayed buckets of tears for ages. But back to the Bible again. In one of the letters written by Paul, it reads, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It obviously doesn't say when someone died that everyone else gains. No, there must be gain for the dead person. It took me quite a time to get used to the state. And you know what I did the first night I was back at home? I found all the photos of my husband that I could find and laid them on the other side of the double bed. 
I had to have his face in my mind. Please don't think I'm being flippant. It was over 20 years ago when this happened. Now, of course, you might say, well, it's all very well for you Christians. You can take comfort in your belief. But what about everyone else? Well, we don't always see what happens inside a person's mind. In the last minutes, seconds of his or life, in the Bible, there are words, different outcome for those who don't believe. In fact, I was just reading an article in the monthly magazine called Christianity. The writer, Pete Hughes, had been thinking about the concept of hell and somehow couldn't get at peace with it. God is a merciful God. I personally grimace when I see the horrible scenes painted centuries ago of people suffering in hell. Pete found that the writers in the Bible never spoke about heaven and hell as counterparts. Indeed, the whole of the story is about the restoration of a new heaven and earth when everything against God and his kingdom will kind of be flushed away, as it were, quietly. Ah, just think of it. Some of us might be not very far off of God and his kingdom going through the, the departure lounge Sent disciples to the nations. Well, 